Welcome everyone to Games Are Fun, the weekly video game podcast where I, your host, Luke Armstrong, talk to you guys about video game news stories and highlights from the past week. If this is your first time checking out the Games Are Fun podcast, welcome. It's great to have you. Games Are Fun is a, like I said, a weekly podcast that airs every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Mountain Standard Time. I go over the video game news that you guys want to know about as well as give my takes on the video game industry and I talk about games I'm playing. This whole podcast is just devoted to talking about video games. If this is not your first time listening and you're coming back for more, thanks for joining us. I uh, or joining me, I guess. I like to think that we're just a collective group all all together, even though in reality I'm sitting by myself in my office talking to a microphone. But I like to imagine that you all are here with me so welcome to Games Are Fun, episode number 13 for Tuesday, August 21st, 2018. I feel very professional for this episode. You know, I'm feeling good. I printed off an itinerary. Like I have my whole agenda for today's episode right in front of me so that I stay on track. I usually, the way I prepare for these podcasts is I, you know, pick up my topics. I would maybe punch um, it into my notes section on my my phone or I'll maybe write it on a scrap piece of paper and then I'll just kind of blurt out stuff but I've actually prepared points so I think this is going to be a really good episode I'm feeling confident and I hope that comes through to you guys Uh, so housekeeping for you guys to start the episode off with if you're listening to this episode right today on August 21st 2018 head over to twitch.tv right now because there's a community let's play going on there. I'm live streaming it. We're playing No Man's Sky with the Games Are Fun community. This is a monthly event that I'm trying to start off. This is the first one where each month I pick a game that I can play with some of you guys, some of the listeners. And this month is No Man's Sky. I wanted to check out that next update that was released in July. I've kind of put probably two or three hours into No Man's Sky um, prior to to this kind of community let's play so i'm kind of familiar with it but it's going to be fun head over to twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast i'm live streaming it there and speaking of live streaming stuff i actually finally got a game capture device so i really hope in the near future to be able to stream for you guys on both mixer and twitch um, I don't know if I, I'll have to pick and choose. I don't know if I'm smart enough to figure out how to stream on both of those simultaneously, but I have the capture card device now. So before like, uh, I've been using the Twitch app through Xbox and PlayStation to live stream games. It's really awesome, but I wanted to take it next level. And I also wanted a game capture device so that I would be able to play like the Nintendo 64 or the GameCube or some of my older retro gaming devices and live stream those for you guys as well. Um, it's nice to have one. Then I can also live stream my Nintendo Switch too. So I got, I'm so pumped for this guys. I finally have a game capture device. This is something that I've, I'm, the reason why I'm so excited for it, I'm sorry, I'm gonna diverge. Bear with me here. I just have a bit of a story, but ever since kind of YouTube started out in, I don't know, 2006, 2007, that's when I kind of started uh, playing online games on Xbox Live. And what was growing in popularity is people making gaming videos. And what I used to do is I used to take my point and shoot digital camera, set it up on some books, and try to record gameplay through that. 
and try to upload it to the computer, but it looked like crap, right? Because you can't take a point and shoot digital camera that's like two megapixels, if that, and <laughs> record uh, a good enough quality video uh, to be able to, you know, put it gameplay onto YouTube. So I remember doing research online and just finding out about capture devices and I was like, man, I, I, that was something I really wanted, but it was, you know, an excess purchase and I just never, you know, they're expensive. I never really committed to saving up and, and living that out. So years down the road, I got a game capture device for my younger sister who, same kind of thing. She wanted to make YouTube videos of her gaming. And so I bought her for Christmas a game capture device. And that was at a point in time where I kind of lost the dream. Didn't really care about live streaming or making YouTube videos or anything like that. It well past that point. And I gave it to her and she got some good use out, but that then she stopped using it. And so I asked if I could borrow it from her so I could do, you know, better Twitch streams and stuff. And so now that's where I got this one. So I'm really excited to be, I'm not going to be making YouTube videos. I'm just using it to live stream on Twitch. And yeah, I, I just, I would really like to do that because I'm playing games anyways. Why not stream them on the internet so that you guys, uh, fans of the podcast or whatever, can watch me play video games and interact with me on chat and stuff. So I look forward to that. I'm going to be talking about that in more episodes. I'm going to be plugging my Twitch channel a lot more from now on. So if you use Twitch, go over to twitch.tv slash games are fun podcast and give me a follow so that you guys know when I'm online on there. So that's what's going on with the No Man's Sky community. Let's play. And then briefly, just really quickly, I wanted to give a huge shout out to the GAF community members, Brian Pequin and Coleman Dean. I uh, just wanted to give individual shout outs to both you guys. I'm on episode 13 now. That's 13 episodes. I'm, I know that's not much in a lot of people's books, but I'm quite impressed with myself that I've committed to something like this. I... I, I fall out on things like this. I have big plans of like, like for example, a couple years ago, I wanted to create a YouTube channel and do vlogs. I got like three episodes in and I just gave up, right? Um, and so with this podcast, I really wanted to be devoted to it. I want to grow it. And it's guys like you, Brian and Coleman, that really make this uh, really easy to do because you guys provide me with great feedback and comments on each episode's and it really helps me improve this podcast uh, and I really really appreciate your guys's feedback because um, it's just going to benefit the podcast a lot to grow and uh, expand in the future so thank you guys really appreciate it um, yeah this podcast I'm really enjoying the process so far I'm learning new things each episode and so thank you to all you guys who have stuck with me and continue to to listen and hopefully we can just go up from here so with that being said all the housekeeping junk out of the way let's get into the weekly topic so first on the docket i got ign plagiarism updated i'm not gonna beat a dead horse i think that that's the expression right matt shout out to matt who catches me on my my poor see i figures of speech that's what i was gonna say um i don't want to beat a dead horse on this the IGN plagiarism case is, is all over all the major news outlets. But from last episode, a lot has developed since then. Uh, so I just want to talk about that for a little bit and give a couple more thoughts. 
Um, Diablo 3 comes to Nintendo Switch, which is really cool. Spyro Reignited Trilogy is delayed. Not so cool. Uh, new, new Super Mario Bros. U uh, reportedly coming to Switch. Telltale announces release dates for all the Walking Dead episodes uh, for the final season. And we got new games with gold. Well, yeah, a, a new Xbox One game, an Xbox 360 game, and then we got a PS4 blockbuster sale. And then we're going to end the show, of course, with the question of the week. So that's what you got to look forward to. Let's go first topic of the show, IGM plagiarism update. So... Yeah, if you listen to last week's episode, I pulled a lot of information uh, about the plagiarism case with Philip Mewson at IGN, right? He plagiarized, it was found out um, that a YouTuber found out that he plagiarized his game review for the game Dead Cells and IGN basically reacted by firing him. And Jason, sorry, before I jump the gun, Jason, well, Jason Schreier from Kotaku, really well-known and uh, very talented game journalist, was, you know, reporting on this story. And Philip Mewson, a couple days after he got fired, gave a response video on YouTube. He said that it wasn't intentional. He didn't even really apologize to Boomstick Gaming the YouTube page where he removed uh, or plagiarized the review from. And he called out Jason Schreier on this video saying, you know, you guys are reporting that my FIFA 18 Nintendo Switch review is plagiarized as well. That's crazy. Um, I keep looking if you guys want. I, it was kind of like a dare, almost like a challenge. Of course, I'm paraphrasing all of this uh, so I don't drag it out. But Jason Trier was like, okay, you asked me to dig for more, I'll dig for more. And so not just him, but people all over the internet found that he had plagiarized uh, a bunch more than just uh, the isolated incident with the Dead Cells review at IGN and, and, and as well as the FIFA review on his YouTube channel. So... Basically, the update that Jason Schreier did on uh, last Wednesday here. So IGN pulls ex-editors post after dozens more plagiarism accusations surface. So this is the most recent update from Jason Schreier. And I'll just read uh, the first couple paragraphs here. So the gaming site IGN is working to remove all the posts written by former editor Philip Mewson, who was fired last week for plagiarism after internet sleuths found that dozens of his articles and videos copied or rephrased from other websites without attribution. And then, um, so this was in reaction to basically all over the internet, there were multiple cases where uh, Philip Mewson was essentially plagiarizing other things. So uh, this is from, again, from the article. Uh, the list includes a Bayonet, Bayonetta 2 review that drew from Polygon, a video that took word for word from a NeoGAF post, and NeoGAF post, sorry, and a number of videos in which Mewson read excerpts from Wikipedia about topics like Super Mario Odyssey and Shantae Half Genie Hero. 
as if he had written it. The list even includes an Octopath Traveler article that copied from one of his own IGN colleagues' reviews, much to that writer's dismay. Titsters have pointed me to dozens of instances in which Mewson took directly from other sources, some of which are rounded up here. So I'm not going to go through all of them, but there's dozens of different articles that were plagiarized from different sources. Some were from, like I mentioned, uh, big review sites like Polygon. Some were from uh, a NeoGAF post on a forum, right? Um, sorry, NeoGAF. I, I don't know what it is. Just yeah, just forget it. Um, but the crazy thing is they found his LinkedIn resume, which obviously you can, anyone can access with a LinkedIn profile and you can actually see it um, just by looking at up on Google. He actually took part of his job resume in LinkedIn and copied it from a job template website. So there is uh, basically in his past work experience, He's listed as a marketing director for Proco, Proco.com. And then he lists, you know, uh, his responsibilities and all that. So develops and implements strategic, blah, 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 blah. And yeah, they found that that was basically, I'm not even kidding, copied and pasted from a job template website and posted onto his LinkedIn profile. So that's great. And the other thing that I thought was crazy was on that Neo Jaff. Gaff, ah, geez, I don't know why I can't say it. I think it's NeoGaff because it's N-E-O capital G-A-F. NeoGaff sounds familiar. Anyways, he uh, basically cop he was talking about, so Philip Mewson did, uh, he has all his YouTube videos. This is where a lot of these uh, plagiarism accounts are coming from, right? Because this is before he worked at IGN. And... So he had his YouTube reviews and he was talking about in one video about the Nintendo Switch's HD rumble. And he copied user Karth Cartho on NeoJaff Gaff. Oh, Christ, I can't get it. Um, I'm just gonna ignore it from now on. And he copied the post from this uh, this forum discussion, right? So it's it's bad. So basically, um, he states so the member on the post says like, well, normal rumble is just a motor which spins, creating a vibration, basically. HD rumble uses linear actuators similar to Apple's Taptic engine, which is what they use for the force touch stuff in the new iPhones and Apple Watch. I believe that these are different in that they are more like weighted electromagnets rather than a simple spinning motor. And then it goes on describing it. And so Philip Mewson in his video used this word for word. And it's just crazy to me because he didn't even paraphrase it. He used the word, I believe that these, like he said, this is coming from a first person standpoint of this member's post. And he used it as if it was his own thought. He said it, he used that word I as if it was his own statement. And that just blew me away that this isn't just a case of him paraphrasing things here or there. He is a fraud, essentially. He is not an isolated incident. His whole thing, he's pulling information from all these sites. He's not crediting them. And not only that, he's taking what they say and using it as his own, presenting it as his own. So I just can't believe that. And the fact that he also, as I mentioned earlier, took, uh, he did 
uh, Octopath Traveler article and he took excerpts from <laughs> the IGN, uh, his IGN colleagues review and put that in his article. And like, I just can't believe that. Can you imagine? Like, I'm sure IGN is like just going crazy over, over all of this, right? Can just the, the betrayal of trust um, that they received is is probably crazy. So, anyways, the big update. I have obviously I said I didn't want to go on too much about this, but the big update that I wanted to say was that IGN is pulling Philip Mewson's uh, post all over the website, his reviews, um, just because they don't know if it if any of that content is very like he has a long track record, obviously. So any of that could be plagiarized. So they they're taking the the necessary steps to look into that. And also looking at re-reviewing games that he had reviewed um, so they can provide a better, honest uh, review for those. Because who knows uh, if those reviews from his previous games at IGN were also plagiarized. So it's cra story's crazy. I, uh, Philip Mewson, of course, took down the, his response video. And so that's where we're at right now. I'm interested to see what his next uh, comment is about that. And yeah, that's about it. Um, crazy, crazy story. That's all I got to say. Moving on, Diablo 3 comes to Nintendo Switch. So this is coming from Lucas Sullivan from Games Radar. So Diablo 3 had been teased for the Nintendo Switch. Um, it was kind of expected because there were some tweets from... Uh, Blizzard, I don't know if it was from Blizzard directly or Blizzard or Diablo developers, but they had basically teased the game by putting on like a, a light switch, um, you know, kind of a, a pun on Nintendo Switch and the word Diablo 3 and um, t stuff like that, essentially. I can't really remember because it was a while ago, but they have been, there have been rumors about that for a while. Um, so yeah, now it's been officially announced. So Diablo 3 is coming to Nintendo Switch this fall. Um, and it is this going to be the same. This is, again, coming from GamesRadar.com. It's going to offer the same all-in-one package as on PS4 and Xbox One, including all the meaty Reaper of Souls and Rise of the Necromancer content. And just like Skyrim on Switch, this port of Diablo 3 is sweetening the deal with some exclusive cosmetic items that pay homage to Legend of Zelda. So some of these items are, uh, there's a Gan Ganondorf transmog set, uh, so you can basically look like Ganondorf from the Legend of Zelda. Uh, you can get a Kako, I think that's how you pronounce it, the chickens from Legend of Zelda. Uh, you can use have one of those chickens as your pet. Um, you know, the wings from Majora's Mask, you can add those onto your character. Um, there's also like a Triforce theme border for your character portrait that you could put on. So lots of really, really cool extra Nintendo Switch exclusive content on there as well. So that's really, really cool. Um, I'm excited about that. Um, so let's see here. If 
you've never played Diablo 3 or you've been away from the game for a while, the amount of dungeon clearing, loot collecting fun on offer here is staying. With seven classes and countless talent specs to choose from, plus constant incentives, start fresh with a new seasonal hero. There's tons of isometric kill everything that moves action to enjoy. Um, so yeah, like I said, it's supposed to be coming out this fall, but there's no direct date uh, from that article on GamesRadar. I couldn't find it anywhere else online. It's just stated for the fall, which is coming up here. So you can expect that uh, they'll either have an announcement for a date pretty soon or it's going to be delayed one or the other. That's usually how that turns out. So this is really, really cool. The only thing that is controversial virtual around it is that it's being released as full priced, uh, a full price game of $60 US. And that's questionable because some people say, you know, this is an old game uh, that was on last generation uh, consoles. Um, it was on current gen with Xbox One and PS4, but it was also on, came out on PSV, PC first, excuse me. And so they're like, you know, this is an older game. But I mean, I don't see a big deal with them charging full price for this game. This is a game that probably... Uh, a lot of Switch owners maybe never ran into, especially if they don't have a P PS4 or Xbox One, right? I had those two consoles and I've actually never been exposed to Diablo 3. Um, so I'm actually really excited for this. I'll probably pick it up. Um, the cool part about this as well is that there's actually going to be a local cooperative mode. So you can take one Joy-Con um, and your friend take the other and you can play cooperative, cooperatively locally on the Nintendo Switch. So that's really cool. Um, I doubt that there's crossplay. I don't know, maybe there's news on that, but I think it's just gonna be um, strictly play with uh, other Switch owners online. So that's really cool. I'm looking forward to that game. I think that's a sweet announcement. Just bring all the games to Switch. Switch is like, there's a reason why people say that. And it's because having that game and having the ability to play it wherever you go it's just incredible. There's nothing else like it and you don't understand it until you have that switch and you're seeing it happen. So I'm really excited for that. Next story, Spyro Reignited Trilogy has been delayed. So this is coming from Michael McWhirter from Polygon. Um, so Spyro was initially uh, supposed to be coming out on September 21st. The Reignited Trilogy. I've talked about it on this show uh, a couple times and actually recently about the the new story about it being having only one of the three games on disc while the other two have to have a content download on that. So um, yeah, this is a game that I'm looking forward to, but it has been delayed until mid-November. Um, Toys for Bob announced that uh, this past week that's been delayed to mid-November. Um, they've been quoted as saying, needs more love and care. Uh, Activision confirmed retail copy, like I mentioned, uh, has the only the first game on the disc with additional two requiring content download. So when I heard this news, I wasn't really that disappointed because it's not like this is being delayed for an entire year or anything like that it's only a couple more months. So although I'm kind of bummed that I won't be able to play Spyro in November, I'm actually kind of excited to a degree because now I can devote all of September to Spider-Man on PS4 and then all of October 
well, I guess the end of October to Red Dead 2, and then somewhere in November there, Spiral will come out, and let's be honest, I probably won't pick it up until like a Boxing Day sale or something like that. So, yeah, that sucks, but I think games can be, they delay games right because they're not finished or things need to be improved, and so this is a sign, I'd rather them take the time, reset, fix whatever they need fix, and release it before, you know, releasing a game that has bugs and needs to be updated. So, there we have it. New Super Mario Bros. U reportedly coming to Switch, pulling this information from Nick Santangelo, I believe that's how you pronounce it, from IGN.com. So, of course, New Super Mario Bros. Uh, is a series that basically brought back New Super Mario, or brought back the 2D side-scroller Super Mario games to the newer generations of consoles. We saw one on the Nintendo Wii, and we also saw one on the Nintendo Wii U, which actually uh, is debated to be the better uh, new Super Mario Brothers game. I actually haven't played that because, of course, I never owned a Wii U. But there's reports that it's coming to uh, the Switch. At least a port of the Wii U game is coming to Switch. So, comic book reports multiple sources who are purportedly linked with Nintendo have suggested new Super Mario Bros. U will be updated and re-released for Switch as early as this year. According to site sources, Nintendo plans to package the new Super Luigi U DLC with the Switch port, while the DLC and base game were originally released separately, in 2013 and 2012 respectively. They were later sold together as part of the Nintendo Selects line of budget-priced Wii U games. Some of comic book sources also indicated that Switch port will come with some type of all-new content packed in if accurate, though, it's not clear what form this new content would take. The site also reports that rumored port could be dubbed New Super Mario Bros. U Deluxe. When Nintendo applied the same Deluxe moniker to Mario Kart 8 Switch port, it added in new characters, items, vehicles, and eventually a new mode. So, that's that story. I think that's awesome. I wanted to put this story in here because I wanted to share my thoughts around this because this is something that's talked about in the gaming community, specifically with the Nintendo Switch, is people are arguing that the Switch is just reporting games from their last generation console, the Wii U, onto the Switch. And they say that that's not fair. We don't want to just play old games. But here's the thing that I have to say to that. First of all, the Wii U was one of the worst selling Nintendo consoles of all time, if not the worst. I Don't quote me on that, I don't know the full statistics, but my guess it is the worst selling Nintendo console. And a lot of that is because of the marketing behind it did not sell a lot. To be honest, when I heard about the Wii U, I thought it was some sort of like Wii 2 or like Wii 1.5 or something. Like it was essentially, it could it was a, an improvement on the Wii, but not like a whole new generation console, but that's actually what it was. And so I didn't find this out until late in its generation that it was actually its own separate console. And a lot of people fell under that as well. They didn't realize that the Wii U was its own thing. Um, it definitely lacked sales because it didn't really have um, great first party games. It had, you know, some Mario games. It had some good sellers like that, like Super Smash Brothers for Wii U, uh, Super Mario Maker. Um, those are just a couple examples of some first-party games that did really well 
and people were well received, but um, it just, it didn't do well. And so there was a lot of people that didn't have a Wii U and there's a ton of people that have a Switch. So there's lots of Wii U games that won't get experience, right? I am not gonna go out and buy a Wii U, but if they port a Wii U game onto the Switch, and it's something I'm interested in, I'm definitely gonna pick it up. So I don't necessarily find that argument very valid. Now, I get where some people are coming up from of it being being charged full price for that. It kind of, you're kind of skeptical about that. Especially I can understand if you did have a Wii U, you bought, let's say, uh, Mario Kart 8 at full price for the Wii U. And now that you have a Switch, yes, there's new content and all that, but is it really worth full price again? Um, you know, maybe a $10 discount is worth it at that point. But even then, I still think it's great that some of those Wii U games are being ported over. Um, if I had more money, I'd be buying more. But there's so many like uh, Donkey Kong Country Tropical Freeze is a game that I want to try out. Um, Captain Toad Treasure Tracker is a game I want to check out. Of course, Mario Kart 8 Deluxe, like I had mentioned. Um, and there's a bunch of Hyrule Warriors. There are other ports of games that have made it on to that actually are pretty well received on the switch um because of you know just some additional content and stuff and so i think that's great that if they are taking a popular game uh ip like new new super mario brothers u and porting that over onto the switch i think that's awesome people really like the 2d scrolling mario games and so this is giving Switch owners a chance to, to play those games that they missed out on. Uh, I fitting into that category. So I said bring it on. Let's uh, bring all the Wii U games over to Switch. I'm totally cool with it. And what I'm really hoping for is the Wii U HD remasters of Twilight Princess and Wind Waker, the Zelda games. Those would be sweet. Those I'd pay full price for. You can You can bet that. And then the last real news story I have for you guys is Telltale announces release dates for all of the episodes for the season finale. Um, so Telltale's Walking Dead is in its fourth and final season for um, The Walking Dead. And this is, of course, Clementine's ending to her story. Uh, we followed her through from season one up until this point. And so it's kind of cool that I, that we're finally getting a resolution to her story. I'm glad that it's not being dragged out any more than that. I even felt season three, having played them all, I was kind of like, mm, I'm starting to lose it. I hope they can bring it back uh, and close this off. And that's supposedly what they're doing. So uh, I'm pulling this from Matt Wales from Eurogamer.com, that's where I'm getting this information from. Uh, so, in the past, Telltale series have followed a wildly changeable release schedule, which could see new episodes release up to three or three or more months apart. One of many reasons, alongside the fact that Telltale has traditionally started sales on its games way before a season has ended, why some players prefer to wait for a near-complete season to release before getting stuck in. Um, so just break off from that. I was definitely one of those people that waited for an entire season to come out and then I would play the game because 
you know, once you finish that first episode in the season, you want to move on to the next, right? Because they leave you with those cliffhangers at the ends of the episodes and you just got to come back for more. And so I, I would basically wait. But the thing that also the reason why I didn't buy them episode to episode is they're, yeah, like they had mentioned Matt Wells here, three, four, five months between episodes. And that's a long time where you could forget things, right? And so this is uh, basically the release schedule for season four. So August 14th, um, they've already released episode one for that. Episode two is coming September 25th. Uh, Episode three is coming November 6th. And the fourth and final episode, there's only four episodes this season as opposed to five. Uh, The last episode is coming on December 18th. So not bad, like a four month span you can basically play the whole season. So I'm really glad that the final season is has laid out its full release schedule. We don't have to wait months to hear when the next episode is being released. They have it flushed out. Um, and so I'm excited to, to finally play this game um, and see how it goes. And that's it. That's what I got for you guys for news stories. Those were news stories that I wanted to share with you guys I had thoughts about now moving into the final block of the show here's a couple updates I guess they're kind of could be considered news stories but there I just wanted to share them with you guys in case you weren't aware as reported at the beginning of August we have our games with gold uh, Forza Horizon 2 uh, is downloadable on games with gold if you have a gold subscription you can download that game for free and it's available until the end of the month but now that august 16th has passed there are new games on there so for honor the ubisoft game uh that's pretty recent i think last year i want to say came out or the year before that maybe um it is for free right now on xbox one games with gold until september 15th So if you have a gold subscription, go over and download that game or at least uh, queue it up into your your download so that you have it and you're good to go. And then Disney Epic Mickey 2, The Power of 2 is going on as well. Um, You can download that and that's Xbox 360 backwards compatible on Xbox One. PS4, if you're a PS4 player, you should check out the PlayStation Store right now. There's a huge blockbuster sale going on. There's some really high-profile games that are at some big discounted prices. Like God of War uh, is like 45 bucks Canadian. Um, and there's a bunch of other games that are like really cheap. Like some good games, like AAA games are discounted. So if you're there's some games out there that you've been considering looking at, maybe head over to that sale and see if it is one of the games part of this sale right now. Uh, There's a couple games I'm eyeing up for sure that I'm going to hopefully get. And that sale, I believe, don't quote me on this, but August 28th is the final day for that sale. So you don't have too much time left with that. And to end off the show, it's question of the week. Last week's question was, what is the best gaming franchise of all time? So Brian Paquin wrote into Games Are Fun and he's thoughts about the best gaming franchise of all time is Pokemon. So here is what Brian had to say about Pokemon being the best gaming franchise of all time. So 
Pokemon is the best video game series of all time, global phenomenon while producing actual fun games for over two decades. What more can I say? Um, not only I asked him basically uh, if it was just the portable games that he had played or did he dip into some of the other games as a series and yeah stadium one and two uh he played as well as um pokemon puzzle league and pokemon snap were all got shout outs for that so my response to that is i definitely agree if you go and look at the statistics of what is the best selling gaming franchises of all time you're going to find Pokemon near the top. Pokemon was huge in the 90s. Like when I was growing up, Pokemon was was seriously all that. It was definitely what kids were into. Um, I wouldn't put it at the level of like what kids are into as like today with Fortnite, but it was a very popular thing. A lot of kids had Game Boys. They had the Pokemon games and they were watching the TV show. And so Pokemon was really doing well at that point in time the games on nintendo 64 uh, also had a huge impact because it was taking that experience that you had on the game boy and bringing it to the big screen they had things like the adapter for pokemon stadium where you could hook up your game boy color or game boy advance to your nintendo 64 and play pokemon on the big screen which was cool that's it's like what we do now with the Switch of having our portable game and putting it up on the big screen. That's what we were doing back in the early 2000s. So that's kind of cool. Pokemon is is huge. To think that a Japanese um, IP like Pokemon made it this big in North America really shows that it was, it was cast to a, a pretty wide audience. And yeah, I love Pokemon. I bought a 3DS uh three years ago just so i could play the newer portable pokemon games like sun moon and uh omega ruby and such as well as x and y and you know even looking back to a couple of years ago with pokemon go that was a game that lots of pokemon fans got behind but look at how many pe- how many people were checking pokemon go out because it was so fun so i think Pokemon is definitely, in my eyes, one of the best gaming franchises of all time um, as well. That's what I'm going to put for my <laughs> my suggestion for this question as well. But I also obviously want to give a huge shout out to Legend of Zelda and Mario. Of course, those are uh, the foundations of gaming franchises, right? From the very early days of the NES up until now, those franchises are selling like crazy and the brand recognition right people who see link um know who he is well i wouldn't say everyone knows who he is those casuals call him zelda and let's just say i've gone a little passive aggressive about that um but mario you know people who don't even play video games can recognize him as an icon right so those are obviously in up there but those are all nintendo properties it shows you that nintendo can make really great franchises um they have a really good history with that so with that being said this week's question and i really hope as many of you can write in to this one this week's question is do you think it's necessary to complete a game completely in order for you to be a true fan of it so in other words 
is it required that you play a game to its fullest? And let's say the definition of completing a game is rolling credits. I'm not going to say necessarily finding every collectible and finishing every side mission. I think those are that's a net extra level of completion. But rolling the credits on a game, do you think it's necessary for you to... Let's say you're a big fan of uh, Pokemon. Let's go back to that. If you're a huge Pokemon fan, are you allowed to be a huge Pokemon fan if, let's say, you never actually completed a Pokemon game to the very end? I want to hear your thoughts about that on of that, as well as just what your general thoughts are about completing games. Do you guys complete games? Do you play them until you get bored of them and move on? Um... Do you get stressed out about creating a backlog? Do you complete a game to its fullest before you move on to a next game? I'd like to hear what your guys' thoughts are. I have tons of thoughts around that, but of course I'm leaving them to next week when we talk about this. So make sure you're writing to me at gamesarefunpodcast at gmail.com or go over to Facebook, go over to Twitter, or go over to Instagram, or maybe even just comment on this video what your thoughts are around that. And that has been episode 13 of GAF. Thanks for joining me, guys, on this Tuesday, August 21st, 2018. This week, I my order for Shenmue 1 and 2 Remastered is coming in because it's being released today is the release date. But of course, Amazon Prime sucks and it's not going to get here, I'm sure, probably till the end of the week. So I have it, I had it pre-ordered and everything. So I'm hoping that I finish my week off with playing playing some Shenmue. I don't know what to what what's gonna happen with it. Maybe it's just a shitty game, but I it's a part of video game history that I want to experience for the first time on on the current gen consoles. And so I'm really excited for that. And of course, August 28th, we got Yakuza Kiwami 2. I'm just pumped up for this Sega games that are coming for me. I love Yakuza. I'm I'm just getting pumped about it. We're going into the fall season of video games. We got Spider-Man coming out. We got Red Dead coming out. We got Battlefield 5. We got Black Ops 4. We got Spyro. We got Smash in December. We got Pokemon. Oh, man. My wallet is just going to die out. So I'm looking forward to all the episodes coming in the coming weeks for you guys. Um, but, yeah, the, thanks for joining me. As always, catch me every Tuesday on SoundCloud iTunes, CastBox, Google Play. Make sure you like, subscribe, do all that jazz. Share it with your friends. And I will see, well, I won't see, but I will talk to all you guys next week. See you later.